You're listening to What It's Like with Luce, a podcast highlighting ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Lucy Norris, and on today's episode, I'm speaking with founder of Shortcutting, a platform aimed to help people turn their stories into skills. Growing up in Brazil, this week's guest had been fascinated with the art of storytelling from as early as she can remember. Leaving a law degree behind, she went in search of creativity abroad and landed herself in London where she first began to take an interest in human behavioural studies. Catching the travel bug, she moved across Europe to Amsterdam and then to Barcelona where shortcutting was born. Chatting to me about life as a freelancer, making friends in new cities and the importance of human connection, here's what it's like to be Nicole Ingra. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this. No problem at all. So I think it would be great to kick off the conversation if we take things all the way back and have a little bit of a chat about what it was like for you growing up. Oh, that's a first for me. (laughs) Um, I am from Brazil and... I am from a city in Brazil called Fortaleza. Brazil is a huge country and it has a lot of diversity within the country in terms of like cultures and how it works and everything. So it felt, even though it's a big city for European standards, because it has like over 2 million people, almost three, it is a city that has a bit of a kind of a village mindset. It's not the, at the time, especially because um globalization wasn't as big as it is today and i grew up with dialed internet as well over there and things came a bit slower at that time so it feels very different feels really like another era just being there and everything but i think growing up i was always i'm an only child so i had always to play with myself and that leads to you creating a lot of stories in your head so i guess that's why i always been fascinated with stories because i was always creating them but also um consuming them so i've always read a lot of books and i've always um watched a lot of films and tv and I loved theater. My mom would take me to go watch like local play productions um, with people dressed as dogs because I was a kid. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was fun. It was very different for what it is here and for I see kids growing up here. When it came time to, um, I guess, uh, start speaking about university and that kind of thing, um, I saw that you studied at UCL. So I'm wondering why you decided to to make that move to Europe for university and maybe not, I don't know, America or somewhere, somewhere a little closer to home. That's a fun bit when you say the creativity part, because I actually studied university in Brazil before I went to the UK okay. and I was studying law over there. Oh, which is not wow. necessarily. Yes. Yeah, so it's not necessarily the most creative of um pursuits I'd say like you can have actually very creative laws but as a career option is not necessarily that and it was one of those things that I think is like what I was talking about like my upbringing you basically just do that you do law or you go to medical school or you do business school at least at the time these were basically or, or engineering these are like the things that you do the four things you do and you and my mom actually told me she is um, she she did law and she she did went through with the career and was quite successful with it but she was like I don't think you do want to do law 
And at the time, I actually didn't think of anything else that I could do or would go after. It was actually not a creative environment at all in my hometown, like being there, you know. And I went for law school and I loved the first semester um, and the second because it was all about philosophy and sociology and anthropology. And I was super excited. And then I started studying law and I'm like, oh, I don't actually like this very much. And I decided to take a course in like take it some time and go abroad. Like a lot of people do like exchanges. It's very common um, if you are basically middle class in Brazil. And I didn't do that during school. So I decided to do it during university. And I decided to study fashion communication in London. Oh, fun. And, yeah. And I did that for a year. And But before the year ended, I it was time for me to renew uh, my place in the university back in Brazil and I called my mom and said look I don't think I'm gonna go back I think I'm gonna apply for university here and that's when I decided to stay in the UK and the reason I chose London is because I was looking for a country where the course was in English and the UK was actually one of the very few countries where it offered a communications course in fashion not a design course and I never wanted to be a fashion designer I always liked the communications part and the reason I went for fashion rather than anything else was because fashion was at the time my, the biggest creative outlet that I had. I've ever seen so obviously came into technology and many other things, but fashion seemed like the, the way to do that. And yeah, and that's how I ended up there. And then I did my advertising course and then I went to UCL for my master's where I did digital humanities, which I fell in love with. I had a great time. And I guess I'm wondering when you first landed and you first started um you know doing your course in london and everything because that, that's quite a big move you know um for for the first time to move away you you definitely chose somewhere that was quite distant from your hometown so how was that integration initially did you find it easy or did you have any moments where you're kind of thinking oh god what have i done or how was it um i don't know if i have a what have i done kind of moment but it was very interesting because I had only been to London once in my life um, for a couple of days when I was a small child. So I didn't know what I was getting into. But I had been to New York quite a few times and I always loved New York and I always found New York was this most creative and international and this big hub. And I remember walking in London in my first few weeks there and just walking on the streets and being mesmerized by the amount of languages I didn't even know existed. Because like when you walk on the streets, you can, I, I could pick up language and know like, oh, they speak in German. I don't necessarily understand what they're talking about, but I know what language it is. In London, I couldn't even recognize what language they were. And I was like, this is actually what a multicultural place is, you know? And that felt fascinating to me. So my first year, I basically had people took me, t take me under their wing and that's how I made friends. And within that year, the course ended, they all left and I was like, shit, I have no friends. And that's when I decided to actually um, study how to make friends and how to have conversations with strangers. That's a fun fact. I actually read a lot about it and I did a, I went to like school of life and I did a course as like how to have better conversations, which was fascinating. And I just then started to go after people because I've, I've always been very interested in learning. Like I've always loved learning. I love learning from the stories of other people. I love hearing people talk about that. And London has a lot of 
um, places that you can just go and listen to people. You have a lot of events and a lot of conferences and a lot of it is actually free as well. So I did that a lot. And part of it is the networking in the end. And I would usually just sit in the back and just not really talk to anyone or just talk to people who talk to me and do reading a lot about it. I realized like, okay, actually, um, there are people here who are just as awkward as me in this situation. And if you go talk to them, they will actually open up. You'd uh, finished your master's in London. And I guess you kind of figured out that you had that real deep passion for um, humans and understanding how we all work and things. So how did you then take the next steps in life once you'd finished your master's? I did stay in London, um, but I am an immigrant, so I need a visa. And it wasn't, so it's already hard enough to get your first job in London. If you need a visa on top of that, it's not the easiest of places to be. And I was there in the year that Brexit happened as well. So even though Brexit really didn't affect me from a visa standpoint, because I will always need a visa, it affected how company looks, looked at um, hiring anyone who was not British because they didn't know what was going to happen. So they didn't know if the amount of visas they had to give was now also had to cover French and Spanish people or if what was going to happen. Nobody knew. So I actually had to leave London because of that. And it was very frustrating because I, at some point, decided to stop telling people that I needed visas and I got offered five different jobs. Um, while when I was trying with a visa, I just, people reject me straight away. So I left and I went to Brazil for a little bit. I traveled around. I saw my friends I hadn't seen in a bit and I went on holidays and then I freelanced a little bit in Sao Paulo, which is the biggest um, city in Brazil and is very creative. Um, and then I came back to Europe. So I went to France to study French for a little bit. And then I went to Amsterdam to see how were things over there. Because after freelancing in Brazil, I realized that there is very limited opportunity for people who don't speak Portuguese to be a planner there in lower levels. If you're a strategy director, sure. But if you are actually working on, on the ground during the research, it might be a little bit more complicated. So I went, I went to Amsterdam to see if there would be a problem there as well. And I met a bunch of people. I went to different agencies and had a coffee with strangers. And that's basically how I ended up getting my job. And then I went back to Brazil to sort the visa, freelance a little bit more in Sao Paulo. Then I took a think about a month and a half off to just enjoy the beach because I knew the Dutch winter was coming and I did all and I wanted all the sun shining me before I went to that. Do you have, I guess, maybe like a secret or a formula or something to establishing those professional connections when you do move to a new city? Because I think it's it's so admirable, first of all, that you know, um, you're so comfortable with just packing up and, and going because um, I know like some people would struggle with with even moving in the first place but then also how you break into a completely new industry where no one knows you or anything like that and then get work from that too so do you have a method that you use or any any way of of uh, breaking the ice initially I guess into the industry 
LinkedIn is my best friend. Um, I just go and find people who do the same job as me in the city I'm looking to move to or that I just moved to, and then I reach out to them. I think I am very fortunate that in advertising, people are always willing to know other people. Uh, well, not always, but they are mostly quite opening, open um, and welcoming. And I, so I just go to LinkedIn and I put there my job title or job title similar to mine. And then I just reach out to them. And that's a quite time consuming thing to do, but it does give like it really gives results i've got jobs and i've got freelance gigs through it and in a lot of situations it's just that it's like hey i'm new here i see that you did this or that we come from the same background or i'm just wondering with all your years of experience in this market if you could just tell me a little bit about it so yeah so you said that you're living in barcelona now did you move there by yourself or did you um know people there or how did that come about so I always moved by myself. Um, Barcelona in particular was interesting because I moved here the day before the Spanish lockdown started, mm. which was a not very fortunate timing. So I came here, I already had a couple of gigs um, planned to do remotely. So that's the thing, like I, the, the plan to move to Barcelona was quit job moved to Spain and then work with the connections I made in London and in Amsterdam and hopefully also break to Germany because I do have some friends who live there. I lived there briefly uh, for a few months, a few years ago. So I was like, okay, I can try to get contacts from these places and projects in these places and travel and use it as excuse to travel. And then when COVID happened and we had to stay in our homes and companies um, started to hold their budgets or lose their budgets as well, um, all my projects went away. So it, it was a very weird timing to move here because I was like, I suddenly had no job um, to work and I had nothing else to do in terms of going out of the house either because I couldn't go out. I couldn't explore the city. It's like, oh, I have no job. At least I can go and explore things. Like you couldn't do that either. And it just felt like being on a limbo for a while where like, oh, I have moved out of Amsterdam, but I haven't yet moved to this new place. And that's basically how I decided to create Shortcutting, which is my project where I create this platform for people to share their stories um, to inspire my more confidence, kindness, and curiosity in people for the stories of others. Because I basically had all this free time and all this energy and nowhere to go to. Because it felt for me that I'm like, okay, I am not going to be re spending all this energy trying to reach out to people if everything right now is showing me that every budget is on hold. So that's how I decided to create Shortcutting and it's been really, really fun. And yeah, it got me to know people like you. Yeah, I, I love how you just, you took the situation of the pandemic and quarantine with a, a positive spin because I, th I feel like anyone in your situation, it could have been a really negative time for you having lost your job, having just moved somewhere new, not knowing anyone, you know, and then being stuck in your home um, for three months. That could have been a pretty disastrous time. 
I just think I don't know what else to do. Like, it's my mindset. Like, if it wasn't shortcutting, it would have been something else. It's just on me to create solutions or create things for me to do. It's like, it's actually harder for me not to do things than it is to do them. Resting is the hard part, I guess. Yeah. I tried that. I tried that between. So when I came in quarantine that I, that I lost the projects I was work, I was going to work on. I, I spent a week without doing anything. And that just, I'm like, nope that that's not gonna cut um i have to do something that's good it sounds like you never procrastinate which is something that i definitely struggle with <laughs> i'm not sure about that i'm pretty sure i procrastinate i i i think one of because i've made friends all over the world i sometimes spend too much time just texting people and talking to them yeah and i was like oh, okay half an hour went 45 minutes went i'm just like having very it's not like deep conversations it's just like casual conversation sending memes so i do i i do procrastinate sometimes but i also like to have things to do as well if you had to say what would you like the next few months to a year or two years to look like for you do you have um a plan in place or or both kind of you know in terms of like travel and your career and things what's next for you that's a very good question i'm not i've been thinking about it quite a lot recently I do want to evolve shortcutting. I want to keep doing it. I want to maybe at some point to make it into something that can bring people together. Um, might be physically, it might or like geographically in the same place, or it could be something that is more. We can see the faces of the people who are actually joining. Something that. I don't know. I want to evolve it into something. And I've started writing a book uh, as well. And yeah, it's not like it's one of those, those, I guess, millennial things that you need to do. Um, But I basically read a book that a friend recommended. And one of the things I said there is like, write the book that you want to read. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because I'm a writer. I'm writing at heart. Even though I don't publish my writing a lot, I think through words and I put them down on paper and that helps me process in the words. So I'm like, okay, I think in the the thing that I've realized about myself is that I do like to inspire people to be the best they can be themselves. Um, and I think for me, there are three p- pillars in that, which is kindness, confidence, and curiosity. So I want to keep doing things like that. And I guess like with the book, that's something that I do want to explore. And I'm just exploring different medium, uh, different media um, with this. And yeah. And then my last question for you, and I'll let you get back to enjoying the sun. Um, (laughs) If I put your 10-year-old self in front of you today, having experienced everything you've experienced in your life and with work and everything in general, what's the biggest piece of advice you'd give that 10 year old self moving forward in life? Um, I would say they're probably, that's a great question. And because I've, I've never really think about it and don't actually remember what I was doing when I was 10 years old. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But I do remember that I had a video camera and I would like, make try to make videos with it all the time and i'd say learn how to edit these videos not just shoot them learn how to break apart the stories and do the things you create and put them back together that would be one because 
I, it's, it's a skill that is so interesting to have, especially nowadays that everybody can be a digital creator. Um, also, learn more languages now. Um, so you can actually be able to speak with more people and maybe stop being so grumpy and learn how to make <laughs> friends right now. So you don't need to do it later. But honestly, like, I just feel... I had such a good childhood that it's just more, as I'll say, like learning the skills to, to be even, to better understand stories and better tell stories. I just want to say thank you so much for giving up your time to share your story with me. It's been so inspiring and interesting to listen to all of the experiences you've had and your insights. So thank you so much again. Thank you. And because this is audio, you can't see it, but I have a big smiley smile on my face. So thank you for making this so nice and so easy and for your good energy. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, please rate, share and leave a comment if you like what you hear. And don't forget to follow at what it's like pod on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. To find out more about Nicole and to listen to Shortcutting, visit the links provided in the show notes. I'll be back next week with more inspiring stories, but for now, this has been What It's Like with Luce.